Welcome to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. My name's Warren Crank, and I'm interviewing today Sue Fraser, who's Deputy Principal of Distance Education at Australian Christian College. And it's actually the idea of distance education uh, that we want to have a yarn about today because Australia is rather unique from a global perspective. It's a big bit of dirt, um, but not really a lot of people when you look at sort of global data about population basis. So in this country, we have some unique challenges when it comes to um, educating children, for example, which is what we're going to have a chat about today. You may or may not know that there are 15,272 cities, towns, villages in Australia. That's not even including homesteads or stations. So there's a lot of uh, far-flung places. And Sue and I are going to talk about how there has been a history of educating people in remote situations, but also uh, there's a contemporary endeavor to do the same thing. And even though tech and things change, there's still some of those common themes. So welcome, Sue, to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. I wonder if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little about who you are. Okay, my name is Sue Fraser. I've been working with the Australian Christian College Group for the last seven and a half years and very privileged to be a part of this incredible organisation. Um, the organisation actually has a number of on-campus schools, but we also have three quite large distance education schools representing in Western Australia, in Queensland that I work in, as well as in New South Wales. So um, we are certainly a school that has a vision for growing our young people into great educa- great um, students, future leaders, but also young people who have a heart to know and serve the Lord. So that's the reason for our distance education. And quite a footprint across Australia there, as a number of states were mentioned. Now, you live around here in the North Brisbane area. Tell us a bit about uh, maybe your family situation and some of the stuff you like to get up to. Well, I, um, I actually have a real heart for rural areas. I actually grew up on a farm um, and I was born in a place called Dolby, which is in southeast Queensland, um, but a beautiful part of the world. My dad originated from a place um, in Roma and so he has a lot of family still out there in the cattle and sheep country um, and they also do a lot of crops and wheat and those sorts of things. So I spent a lot of time playing out in those areas as a young person knowing farms and animals and all those sorts of things was fantastic but I always had a heart for um, the people out in those areas and I have a real passion for our beautiful country. I've done a lot of traveling and and found that Australia is we really are living in the lucky country a great blessed place to live. I have um, I married and I have a three beautiful adult children and three Um, They're all married and I have two beautiful grandsons, three and two. Um, So family is important to us as well. So it's really lovely to grow up in that environment. Yeah. Wonderful. I was born in Roma, Artie Beetson and a few other people too, if you know rugby league, but um, great part of the world. Shout out to all the people from Roma who might be uh, listening into our, our chats today. Well, distance education has a long and important history in Australia. And um, I'm going to get Sue just to talk about, I mean, she's not an expert in this area, but she she works in it and knows a little bit of stuff. I just want to get her to share with uh, those of us listening in on on maybe some fragments, at least, of the story of distance ed and uh, that sort of thing in this country. 
Uh, I, I don't know a huge history, but I do know that the School of the Air was something that was certainly started. Education is compulsory here in Australia and has been for many years, which is really exciting. And so for our students that do live in those remote areas that don't have access to a school close by, School of the Air certainly started filling in those gaps. We also had a movement of families who were quite interested in um, keeping their students and their children at home and not having to send them off to boarding schools. Um, there were a lot of reasons for them making that decisions. And one of the good thing about distance ed is it provides that opportunity. You have the group of Christian families who decided that they would like to have access to what we call um, the PACE system, Christian education through the packets of accelerated Christian education and it was available from around about the 1970s where families started using those um, programs and even our distance education here has a, a founding history of using the PACES for our students to give those parents that opportunity to teach their kids at home a Christian education um, and they served their place very well in the history of distance ed. Um, we don't we no longer offer those in our distance ed environment because they weren't quite meeting our accreditation requirements. So we now have since for the last number of years gone online with our um, Christian education program. But our goal is to still continue to allow students wherever they may be located, um, either within Queensland or even further afield. We have a number of missionary families actually overseas that choose to do our distance education program as well. And it's so great with technology. We're able to bridge those boundaries of where we live and um, ensure that that's something that we're able to do. I'm in a busy office here, all sorts of things going on. She's a very in-demand person in this school. So basically the, um, the School of the Air was started with an idea. The spark was in 1944 and uh, it took till 1951 before the first school was actually founded in Alice Springs. So for those of you who are innovators, um, that shows you that it can take a long time between an idea being born and the fruition of the first fruits of the whole thing. So uh, School of the Air is an example of Australian ingenuity and people who um, committed to an idea that now has had a really big reach. And schools like Australian Christian College are in the same spirit offering education to people in rural and remote places. I know a few people that went through boarding school and they certainly have some mixed experiences. Some people really love it and thrive, some people not so much. So it's been great for, for parents to have an opportunity to have a choice really about uh, how they might educate their kids if they live in a, in a long, faraway place. Now, I'm pretty sure the PACE system, to, I could be wrong here, was a sort of a mail-oriented? Do they, do they send out stuff or is that? Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about, because text changed things. It used to be very mail-oriented. I know that the School of the Air used to offer teaching that was just one direction. It was the teacher teaching. There was no interaction with the student. Then came sort of a postal system. Tell us a little bit about what you know about that. Well, with the um, PACE system, the Packets of Accelerated Christian Education, they were posted out and there was a big distribution centre here in southeast Queensland who still operate today um, and they will post out to the families the work that um, the students are doing. Parents are given an answer guide as well to be able to work through and so the students were able to do, regardless of their age group, parents were able to apply for those particular or purchase those um materials for the various age groups and then they were able to work at them in their own pace. Um, they were certainly graded right up th through to year 12 and you could work towards a year 12 
um, certificate as well and then go on to post tertiary to um, to tertiary study from there so it certainly provided a lot of opportunities for our kids um, to engage in that but it was paper-based and it was marked and then the reports given in that way but there was um, mainly that sole responsibility fell to the parents there was a little bit of marking done by our teachers but the input was slightly different yeah yeah so those of us who grew up in sort of formal suburban schools probably don't realize that there are there's been quite a variety of ways to educate children in Australia and geography has sort of motivated some of these innovations that we're talking a little bit about today. So what particularly drew you to this area, to this field? I mean, we, we, you grew up obviously in a country place, that might be part of it, but, but what interests you so much about this particular area of education? To be honest, one of the things that I really loved about it was the flexibility. I was a deputy principal at another Christian school um, and I used to write their timetable, quite a complex timetable with um, three streams and, and rotating between grades and things like that. So one of the things that really drew me to this particular school and to distance education is the flexibility it provides. We're not confounded by um, timetable restrictions and line um clashes that students have to face so our students were actually given the opportunity to do any of the subjects that were available regardless of timetable clashes which is a real blessing. Um, It's also allowed students to stay in their own hometowns and to be able to do their work around their school. We have a number of students who are out west who live on properties and they don't have that same time flexibility in a normal school environment so the point of difference with our distance ed is the flexibility that provides there's no subject clashes but also doesn't matter when they get their work done so their their week might go from Tuesday to Saturday and they have the Sunday Monday off but as we know out in the land there is no time off when you've got animals that need to be feed and chores chores that needed to be done so our students can get up at the break of dawn in the morning go out and do a few hours work with with mum and dad on properties and then they can come in and fit their schoolwork in around those really hot peak times of the day when the sun goes down at night they can pick up their schoolwork as well and they're still able to contribute to that family farm business and that's a real blessing for those families it also allows that real sense of family feel all the kids are working together on their school the relationships amongst themselves are really important and it's just breeding that real family ownership together which is really lovely and the stories that we hear from our families really bless us as well takes a family often to to build a farm Uh, when I grew up on a dairy farm I used to have to milk every morning or afternoon we went to a normal sort of school but uh, yes there are a lot of a lot of jobs that are people in the cities and suburbs don't realize need to be done and all the family chips in so having that sort of flexibility is, is so good now distance education has had a long history we've touched on that today um, why do you think, Sue, that it still matters? Uh, you've already told us a bit of a story about our contemporary situation, life on a farm, but why do you think it still matters in the ongoing um, planning for states around how they educate people in, in their constituency? I think there's a couple of things happening there, Warren. Firstly, I think um, that our technology, as I said, has really bridged that gap with where you live, you can still not be disadvantaged by the opportunity of having a really quality Christian education or a quality education or both. And in this situation, we're offering both quality education, 
opportunities and outcomes so that we can educate the, the future generations. But also that Christian environment as well really makes a difference. Gives parents the option. Um, in light of things that are happening in our world from a Christian perspective, there are lots of decisions being made about what um, our parents are being asked to study. And so this gives them the choice and that flexibility to be able to choose for themselves what they want their children to be exposed to, how they want them educated so that they can then have choice available to them. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, one of the things that we've we've also been able to have is our kids in those country areas have shared the fact that they don't no longer have to go to a boarding school to be given those opportunities. They're able to still um, be at home and not just help out, but it's also that social and emotional well-being of not being separated from their support network. And I think that's really important as well, because we know that when you're away from home, your heart still thinks about what's going on there. Um, and so they're able to still have their heart and their home and their schooling in that one place, which is really exciting. That's fantastic. And you, we've already touched on one story from a remote place. Sort of, how far away do um, does does this particular school reach? And and um, you know, what benefit is it uh, for um, some of the families in in some of those remotest areas? I think with ours, the most important thing is that they do have access to some sort of internet, and we do require a little bit, um, a bit of a broadband, which is is important. And I know that we do have some families that have been liaising with um, local agencies, particularly their local politicians, to ensure that they've got that access to the internet. And I know there's been a lot of work happening in the broadband area out there, which has been really great. Um, some of the satellite dishes are picking that up. They're getting some subsidy to be able to engage with ours, which is really fantastic for our families. So we've got kids right up the top of Cape York, right out to um, the borders of the Northern Territory, right down to the base of New South Wales. In fact, one of our beautiful graduates from a um, country town just outside of Gundawindi um, was an OP1 student that got a Dean Scholar to study at university so they were able to get into their top top choices of university pathway regardless of where they were living and that was a really exciting thing for us to be able to share so yeah really really exciting to be a part of their options and their opportunities. Wow and congratulations to that student a great achievement. What do you think the future of distance education is? We've been in a pandemic time and um, most of us have not been so used to technology all of a sudden have gained a little bit of expertise in this area. And, um, and so we're all connected. And do you think that um, this idea of educating people maybe at home, your kids at home or whatever is gonna grow or what do you think the trajectory is there? To be honest, it's really exciting to be a part of something that is at as one of the leaders in this particular area. I know that um, when I was first um, moved across to the distance ed in the deputy role, I used to sit across both the DE and the day school. Um, but once I moved over to this DE role, I was so excited about what the future could hold because I actually see a huge, hist a huge um, growth in this area. And I think COVID has actually highlighted the fact that online learning can be beneficial and it's actually thrust us into the limelight um, and I think that that's a really good positive move for our kids. University and, and tertiaries have been offering online education or distance education for quite some time 
because of the flexibility provided, there's no reason why it can't now go down into the secondary, down into your primary school. And for the first time um, last year, we offered prep. And so that's been really exciting to be able to engage with that age group. And you can still build a community online. Technology has allowed us that opportunity. And that's really exciting to, you know, Zoom lessons. People hadn't even heard of Zoom and we've been paying a license to have Zoom for quite some time. So it's just been really exciting to you know, be able to show the others what we've been doing and how this can work and still build an online community regardless of where we live. And it's been really exciting to be a part of that. My wife, Ellie, works at this school and uh, she runs a little craft class on Zoom um, after school one day of the week. And uh, she, she's come home often with very cute stories of how, um, how young people have related on, on Zoom as they, they show, show off their craft and all that sort of thing. It's quite powerful. So... We're innovating still, and, and Sue really believes that this is a big part of the future for education uh, right through the years. So that's, uh, that's an exciting thing to look forward to. Those of you who are going to be parents soon, something to think about because you're going to probably have more choice than ever when it comes to how and where you educate your kids. And so these are, these are some things probably worth thinking about if you're looking at starting a family or if you have one on the go already. Well, Sue's been around and about a little bit, and um, I want to ask her a question I often ask people when we interview them, is where have you been in Australia that just blew you away? Some of the most memorable places, one or two if you like. It's over to you. Ah, I love this country of ours, and I've been really blessed and fortunate to be able to travel. Um, and one of the things that I do love is the diversity of this gorgeous country that we live in. I have to say my favourite place in Australia would have to be Whitehaven Beach. Um, I am more of a beach person and I don't know what it is about that salt air and that refreshment, but Whitehaven is magic. I've travelled a lot of places in the world and I have to say it is the best beach I have ever seen. It is so beautiful. Um, other places that I've really enjoyed is the Daintree and, and some of our rainforests are just magic. I remember having the wonderful opportunity of flying over the Arnhem Land in an aeroplane and just looking at the diverse ranges that we have and swimming in Mataranka Springs in the Northern Territory right down to the beautiful snow in in Tasmania and and looking at Queenstown and the the way it is starting to regrow there's just incredible parts of this world that we live in that I can't stop raving about Australia and I have been very blessed to travel to a number of places I remember quite fondly um, my husband actually lived and worked in Hewenden which is in North Queensland for a while and I remember attending the pig races and the um, down the main street of town I think they still have those and then we had a canoe race um, down the river in in Hewenden and there was no water so it was more of a running race and building rafts and it just those memories you just can't replace we just really live in a blessed country so I just love our country and and the more time I get to go on holidays and explore the happier I am which is why I enjoy education you get a few more holidays to go and explore and travel and um, just hear the stories of our families and what they're doing all across across the world is so exciting. So Australian, hey, raft races in a dry town, um, <laughs> if that happens in your place. And I know that um, with some restrictions easing around COVID, rural and remote areas, many of whom have these horse races or these boat races or festivals, really want you to visit and to spend some money in that town and just encourage them along the way. So 
get on the get on the internet and find out you know w- what these crazy celebrations are that happen from time to time and um, if you can get there just support these um, small towns because it makes a big difference if you do you're listening to the red dirt nation podcast my name's warren crank i'm here with sue fraser and we're talking about distance education and also about our great nation that we're a part of and I want to ask Sue what some of her hopes and dreams are for Australia. Um, we're, we're living in uncertain times. COVID has put us on tilt a little bit, but it's given us an opportunity to imagine or reimagine some of our hopes and dreams for the country. And I'd love her to share maybe one or two of hers with us. Wow, big question. But my, my biggest hope and dream is, is probably just to... Um, one of the things that I really loved, and there was a fam- there's a um, song that was written about it, with a great Southland of the Holy Spirit, and that really resonates with me. Every time that song comes on, and you hear about the red dust plains, and and my heart really goes to what does what is Australia all about? It is about our first people, our Indigenous people who looked after the land, cared for the land. It is the de- declaration that we are the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, and honestly. Like I said, it is you just have to travel this nation of ours and see how truly blessed we are on so many levels. We have got freedom of speech. We've got education that's free. We've got a healthcare system that is free. We're not too far away to be able to access state-of-the-art um, support when we need it, whether it be via Zoom or, or online, you know, mental health well-being organisations. We've got churches that now can can go online as well there is nothing is stopping us being able to reach out so for me my 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 hope and dream is that this nation will become the great south land of the holy spirit and that we will continue to search for what is truth what is right and what is just and and that um, the spirit i guess the core of what i believe in in the bible is that we love and treat one another the way we want to be treated. And that doesn't mean necessarily everything is always rosy because without a little bit of adversity in our lives, um, you know, you don't learn. So learning, growing, moving, being open to searching what is truth and having that foundation I think is really important. I think one of the things we seem to have lost touch with at the moment is um, our ethical and moral standards. And regardless of who I meet, people seem to have that innate what is right and what is wrong and whether people have a Christian faith or not that foundation of the biblical standards and the biblical truth I think if we all really searched our hearts we would say yes it is wrong to murder yes it is wrong to steal yes we should honor those that have gone before and I think that that's my heart and my spirit I guess for not only education but this wonderful nation of ours tremendous now, Sue's been in, involved as an educator for a long, long time, and I guess she, in her role with students, is an influencer, and she gets to pass on lessons, sometimes formal, sometimes informal. We're going to wrap up this uh, little chat with uh, a question about what's something that she'd like to pass on, a life lesson um, that might enrich someone who's listening to this podcast today. My main tip would probably be never stop learning. Always be open to learning more. I don't think, you know, I used to think nothing will surprise me. I've seen everything in education, but there's always something that surprises. And I'm sure no one could have ever expected this COVID situation so suddenly in 2020. So if we never stop learning, we're always open to searching and seeking truth. I would always encourage people who say, 
I don't believe this. Spend some time searching. Spend some time really doing some soul searching because I think that um, once people actually start being open to what is possible and the possibilities that are out there, the future growth of our nation sits in technology and online. I think it's worth exploring. Never, never get too set and stayed in your own way. Always be open to new, new things and new possibilities. Well, maybe you're an older person listening to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. That's a bit of inspiration for you to uh, to keep on keeping on. I've got a father-in-law who's 94, and he still is pretty tech savvy. So it's pretty impressive. You can never stop learning, and the technology really that's available to us is a real gateway to relationships and connectivity. So I want to encourage everyone in that area. Well, you've been listening to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. My name is Warren Crank. I've been interviewing Sue Fraser, who's Deputy Principal of Distance Education at Australian Christian College. And we've been so glad to have your company for these 25 minutes or so. Hope you have a good one and we'll see you down the track.